I uh, truly believe that uh, the mark of Christian maturity is humility. Humility. Humility is so, so, is so priceless. Uh, you can meet individuals, and uh, I, in my mind, you don't judge anybody, but if you're a Christian, if you're mature as a Christian, I can tell by your humility. Uh, and humility is not saying basically, if you know you are humble, you probably are not. <laughs> you won't know it, but your words and the way you carry yourself will determine people can see uh, what that is. Another thing that I hold priceless for my life is what the scripture says. It's what God says. No compromise when it comes to what God says. We always must humble ourselves with regards to what God says. It's a difficult thing when you hold an opinion that is so strong, not even the word of God can change it. That's a tough place to be. So, for me personally, if you can show me from the scriptures, I'm changing my mind. That's the way it is. Even if I hear it from my son, and I've had my wife show something to me, and I never saw that before, my mind is changed. I only go by what the word says. You see, you are going to be judged by the word. Jesus said, the words that I speak to you will be your judge in the last day. So I carefully will stay by scriptures. I know one thing. God will not confirm a man's opinion. It will only confirm his word. And so, we never, we, we, no one has arrived. There's room to grow. You got to learn. You got to grow. You have to search the scriptures, like it says about the Borean Christians, to see whether what you're sharing is so. And if it's so, humble yourself. Humble yourself. And let God minister to you. Because when you go against God's word, it's not men you're going against. It's what the word says. My life has to change. We have to grow from glory to glory. As the Lord opens your eyes, oh, I never saw that before. That's humility before God, not before man. So that is very, very crucial uh, in our Christian dealings. You will grow if you open your mind to what the Lord says alone and not what somebody is saying. In the early days of my Christian work, we were told those word of faith people, you heard that? Word of faith people, and we don't want anything to do with the word of faith people because we're not word of faith people. And I was in that group. But then I decided, let me hear what they have to say. Okay? If it's in the book. Amen? If it's in the book. If it's in there, I'll take it. 
If it's, in not, if it's not in there, I don't have any obligation to take it. I won't fight with them. I will just listen to what the word says. So the scripture, remember the Bible says, faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. God can use anybody. You don't have to be in agreement with everything. But if you're saying something, it's got to come from the word of God. Amen? That's the way it is. Now, by the grace of God, um, I, I don't know all scriptures, but if you tell me something, my mind races through the scriptures, trying to find out what, what, have, what, what have I've heard from you, if this is so, because it's not for you, it's for me, because I've got to change my mind, if you're right. And I go search. So it's always good when you hear something that spooks you. Okay? Don't just push it away. Go back and search. Amen? You grow searching. And God may even show you something bigger than what you heard that challenged you. Don't just let it go. Stay with it. Search. That's how we grow as Christians. I like to hear things that challenge me. And then I go back and I start searching. Not with any intention, but to know what the Lord actually says. Because see, God and his word are one and the same. So we got to search the scriptures. Amen. Uh, Tonight, I want to speak on uh, security in Christ. Basically on security. So, I haven't said all of that. Would you stand up with me? <laughs> and uh, let's make our confession. The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learned. The Lord God has opened my ear and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. Amen. Please be seated. That's the scripture we just read is so crucial. Because you can hear and really not hear. You can see and really not see. It takes just the grace of God. It's not you. It is God that's opened your ear to fully understand what he has to say. And so Jesus said, if you can understand, you're blessed. Your eyes are blessed because you can see. Your ears are blessed because you can hear. And he said, many prophets and great men of old, they wanted to hear what you were hearing and to see what we are seeing. But they were not given the opportunity. We are given the opportunity. We should hear. We're blessed. We should hear. We should open ourselves to what God says. And then God works in our lives. Because we are in that generation that God wants to bless. Security in Christ. Many times we put uh, our security in things. We don't realize we're doing that. Basically, I have so much money in the bank, I'm okay. No, you're not. I've covered everything for my retirement. So I worked hard and I've saved this money and it's going to be okay for my retirement. May not be okay. Just one single event may take everything that you stored. 
Your marriage can be good. Oh, we're lovely. This is wonderful. Everything is happening so well. Yeah, don't place your security in that. Because just one thing can turn everything upside down. There is no security anywhere except in Christ and in God. That's the only thing that's constant. And you have to recognize that. And you let God know you are my security. Not your job. Not your employment. Not your saving. Not the people that like you or love you, that back you. Not all of those. It's got to be in God and in God alone. In other words, you have to tell yourself, God, if you're not there, it's over for my life. That's placing full trust in God. And that's where security is. You know what the greatest security is? The greatest security? God with you. God with you is the greatest security. Remember what Jesus says? They were planning all kinds of things. He says, I'm never alone. You see that? My father, the one who sent me, is always with me. He has not left me alone. Basically, as long as God is with me in my life, I have nothing to fear. That's security. Things might be going crazy, but as long as you know God's in your life, you have nothing to fear. And that's the way God sees it. You, that's the final security for a man on earth. God with me. Emmanuel, right? God with me. That's the greatest security. Everywhere you go, God's with me. If God's with you, you have nothing to fear. And you can read the story of Joseph, right? Joseph was a slave. But then he tells you that God was with him. That's man's greatest security. Nothing else. Not friends. Not family. Not husband. Not wife. Not money. Nothing. God is with me. I can be far from home. I can be in the den of lions. But God is with me. That's the greatest security that a man has. And you have to hold on to that very closely, very jelly. That's why you contend for the faith. You contend for the faith. It's no play game. I mean, it's something to hold on to because that's my life. If there is no God, I've, it's all over. We, my wife and I were going through difficulty. I said, nah, I don't care what's going on. It's all crazy around us. But I do know one thing. As long as Jesus Christ of Nazareth is still seated at the Father's right hand, I will be okay. I will be okay. That's the greatest security that we have. Don't put your trust in anything else. They will fail you. A man will fail you any day. <laughs> And it's very painful. You put all your trust, you've invested, you showed love and all of that, 
And all of a sudden they turn around. There's only one thing that's constant. And that's God. That's Jesus. And you hold on to him with everything that you have. And you have to tell him, you are the only one that I, that I, that I have. And David knew that so well. You can read through the Psalms. It was God. It was all God. The only thing that lasts on earth, everything changes. Everything on earth changes. They call, what they call it half-life. You heard about even chemicals change. They have half-life. Everything is changing. There is only, and we're changing. With time, we change, right? I look at my picture when I was a little younger and, uh, oh Lord, I want to go back there. We change. We all change. But there's only one constant. And he's God. And the thing to know is to know God is with me. No matter what's going on in your life. This is what uh, Paul, the writer of Hebrews says in uh, Hebrews 13 verse 5 and 6. Let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have. Everything you receive came from God. And God can give you more. If you can trust Him and believe in Him. And cry after Him. Be content with such things as you have. For He Himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we may boldly say, How many will boldly say today? We may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. That's all I have. The Lord is my helper. And we say it boldly. Because that's the one we've put our trust in. The Lord is my helper. No matter, notice, it just says helper. Whatever you need help with, He's there for us. And he says, if God has promised, I will never leave you. So even though things are tough in your life, remember, God will not forsake you. He's there for you. He had made a covenant promise. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. So we can boldly say, God is our helper. I will not fear. You see... When you don't have God as your help, everything, every other ground is sinking sand. That's the way the song puts it. Every other ground, nothing stands on this earth. But when you put your trust in God, even though the the ground is shaking, you know you still have God with you. That's our security. He says, I will not fear what can man do to me. Generally, it's what people are thinking, what people are planning. That's the issue. But see, God says something to Joshua that was key going into the promised land. And guess where we're going? Into our promised land. We have a promised land here on earth. Your destiny that God has given to you here on earth and your destiny back there in heaven. But you have a destiny. God, for every one of you that I'm looking at tonight, God has a purpose. There is a reason why he put you on this earth. There is a reason why you are in Houston today and you are not in another city. 
you didn't plan that. I know you think you did, but no, God sent you here. I don't know why we don't think about that. He orders our steps if we are his children. You didn't come to this place by accident. Please recognize that. And then write it. Because you know God brought you. And if God reminds you that, that's a blessing. Because most people don't think that way. God led you and he says, I am with you. I do remember, and I shared this here when I first got to Texas A&M to study for my PhD. I, I shared it here before. The, uh, the departmental head, he's the one to give a job. I couldn't study without a job. I mean, I'm from Africa. I don't have, wasn't thinking of money coming from there. My only thing was, he told me, I'm going to give you a job. Don't worry about it, he said. He said, I've seen many Africans. I, I talk to them. Sometimes I can't understand what they're saying. That's what he told me. But I can understand you very well. He, he, he got up and he was going to make me start. I said, no, I have to get back home first and then I'll come back. Just that space of time, going back home and returning, he had changed his mind. And he left a message for me, tell that man... He'll never get a job from this department till he graduates. That's the way they told me. Dr. Fange told me that. I said, but he said he's going to give me a job. He says, I'm just a mouthpiece telling you what he said. If you have a fight, go to him. I said, well, but Ohio State University, they gave me a, 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 a TA job. And I turned it down because I wanted to be a Texan. No, <laughs> I want to be in Texas. He says, do you want to go to Ohio? You can go. I had nothing to say. And I went and I cried out to the Lord. And God said this to me. I was here before you got here. I wrote it in my yellow pad. And I got very happy. But by the time the next semester came, he was swearing. The same man was swearing, I gave you a job. I, I, I gave you a job when you came. What do you mean I, I didn't give you a job? I said, sir, I couldn't tell him. I didn't want to remind him that he had said... I didn't want him to go there because he wanted to give me a job. I, I, I won't tell him. He says, I could swear I gave you a job. I said, uh, you didn't give me a job. Well, he finally gave me the job. And I stayed with that job till I graduated, until after I graduated. He, wouldn't, they couldn't, he couldn't get it from me. Many times he threatened. I'm going to take the job from all this. We have new students coming in and they need the job. But I said to myself, and to my fellow, he didn't give me the job. God gave me the job, and he cannot take my job away. <laughs> That's just the way it is. But God is with you. God said to Joshua, he said, this book of the law, you know that scripture? This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. But you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. That verse there is so important. I finally re I realized when you speak the word and you meditate in the word, that's when you are able, your body then lines up with the word. He says, let, let's read it carefully. But you shall, it says, 
this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. In other words, you speak the word, what the word says. Not, not one time. That's my point. Not just one time. Over and over again. T- until it gets into your spirit. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. But you must meditate. You shall meditate in it. How often? Day and night. In whatever area, you see, the word of God is, covers every area of life. Maybe your problem is not finances. It's something else. Maybe your marriage. Go to the book of the law. And speak those words there. And meditate. And then your body will begin to align itself to what the word says. Listen to what it says. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according. How are you going to be able to observe to do according to? When you do, you say it day and night, and you meditate in it. Then your body, everything now lines up with the word of God, and you have the strength from God's word to do what the word says. That's God's advice for Joshua as he was going into the, to take the land. God said, this is, you want to be successful in the assignment that I've given to you? This is what you must do. And guess what? That's what we must do today. God is the same. Yes, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Now, read back to the Old Testament. You will find out most of the things that you read in the New Testament were lifted off from the Old Testament pages. That's the truth. They will, most of them are lifted from the Old Testament. Paul would take large, large portions and bring it to the New Testament, which we read today. It says, You shall meditate in this day and night, so that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. All that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Now, this is the scripture I'm coming to. Have I not commanded you, be strong and of a good courage, of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. So that's the key. Wherever you go, God's going to be with you. And the word of God is always going to work for you. Isaiah 41 verse 9 you whom I have taken from the ends of the earth and called from his farthest regions, and I claim that scripture, I believe God is talking to me. Okay? He claimed me from the farthest region. Okay? And brought me to himself. That's just the truth. And said to you, you are my servant. I have chosen you and I have not cast you away. And God says the word, fear not. Why shouldn't you be afraid? Because I am with you. There are reasons to be afraid. But God says, you don't really need to go there. Why? I am with you. That's the greatest security we have. God with me. God, don't fear because I am with you. Don't be dismayed because I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. 
And I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Now, now notice what David says. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, what did he say? I have no reason to fear that anything bad is going to happen to me. Why? Because God's with me. Right? God's with me. As long as I know that God is with me, I have nothing to be afraid of. You see, that's where we stay away from sinful things because that breaks fellowship with God. Do you understand what I'm saying? And now you are opening the door for the enemy to come in. I love him. I want him close. So I don't want to go into something that's going to make it really hard for him to be comfortable being around me. Jesus said in John 14, he says, if you believe with me, believe in me, if you, know, you, you love me, you keep my words, then my, I and my father will come and make our home with you. So I believe Jesus is the head of my home. He's always there. You want Jesus' address? I'll give you my address. That's where he lives. He's in my home every time. He promised to be there all the time. He's the father of my home. He's the father of my children. He is my father. He is in our home. So when we have trouble, we call the father of the home. Now, we sit down and say, let's pray. Father, see, we got problems in this house. How are you going to help us? Provide for us. If God is with you, then there is nothing for you to be afraid of. That's the greatest security a man has. To have God in your life. There is what is called the hiding place. Because if you read in Revelation, he tells us in Revelation chapter 12, after Satan got thrown out from the presence of God, he said he was cast into the earth and he came down with great fury to cause a lot of damage. Because he knows his time is short. And the Bible actually says, Woe to the inhabitants of the earth. Because Satan has come to us with great fury to cause us trouble. So God knows, Woe to the inhabitants of the earth. And uh, Job tells us, A man born of a woman is of few days. And full of troubles. Why? The devil is in the world. And Paul tells us, he goes, or Peter tells us, he goes to and fro, seeking the one to devour. But there is a hiding place in God, a place of security. That's the place of refuge. I was reading a scripture, I don't know if you can pull that up, uh, Teresa. Um, John 14 verse 20. John 14, verse 20. That scripture says, At that day, you will know. What day are we talking about? This very day, right? At that day, you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. I am 
in my Father, and you are in me, and I in you. There is, there is no place, no greater place of security than to be in Christ. So you are, that's your place of refuge. That's your hiding place. Jesus said, the Father who gave them to me is greater than all. No one can pluck them out of my hands. So my security is in God. You can't touch me, devil, because you got to go past the Father and then go past Jesus to find me right in the inside. How are you going to get that done? That's the place of security in God. That's the Holy of Holies. That's where you are in God, in the very presence of God. The Bible tells us in Psalm 91, verse 1 and 2, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High, what's the secret place of the Most High? He's in Jesus. That's our strong tower. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God, in Him I will trust. Notice, my God, in Him I will trust. You have no fear of being disappointed. There's no need to fear that God will disappoint you. So I can say, He is my refuge. He is my hiding place. No matter what's happening in your life, no matter what's going on, you are in God. You are of God, what John tells us, little children. You belong to God and God will take care of his own. You dwell in God's sacred place. No, whether there is sunshine or there is a storm, God will defend you when he's present with you. There is a scripture in Exodus. It's, it's a curious scripture there in Exodus. When they were uh, after, before they crossed the Red Sea. Notice something for us to really understand about this God that we serve. Even when we are not very pleasing. Did you notice that the pillar of cloud and the pillar of fire for 40 years never left them? Even when they were rebelling, it was always there. God with his people. And that's Old Testament. What about today? Yes, he's the same God. He loves us dearly. It's when we can't trust him that we tie his hands. Just like they did in the wilderness. And even so, sometimes God will even bypass all of that with all their rebellion and still be kind to them and be good to them. That's the God that we serve. He takes care of his own. He takes care of you and I. No matter what's going on in your life, if you have placed your life in the hands of Jesus, he's going to be okay. And God's giving us the word. All things what? work together for good. To those who love God. To those who are called according to his purpose. The pillar of cloud was always there. Between you and the storm. God's always there between you and the storm. 
when they were about to cross the Red Sea, guess what? The enemy was chasing after them, right? And the pillar of cloud that was leading them, and the pillar of fire. At night, he gives them to the pillar of fire. It's the same pillar. And during the day, he shields them from the sun. From the storm and from sunshine. If he's going to burn your skin, God will start careful to shield this whole, the whole congregation. Three million people, we're told. And he's still the same God today. So we can trust him no matter what's going on in your life. You can trust that God, he sees it. He knows. I'm sure those uh, Jewish, the Israelites were wondering what's going to happen. They turn around. Now, this is Pharaoh's army coming after them. And all of a sudden, the pillar of cloud came from, from the front of them and went behind them and stood between them and the enemy. You know, it gave one part light. The other one was in darkness. So they couldn't move. They couldn't fight. They, they, they knew they, these guys were on the other side, but this thing was standing in front of them. Right? And they had darkness. How are you going to go back? How are you going to get around this? So God's still the same God. He stands between you and your trouble. You may feel the pain, and you do recognize the trouble is there. Did they know the Egyptians were behind that? They knew that. And they knew they were coming after them. But God says, these are my children. I'm always with them. You cannot touch them. Because they are children of God. When we don't believe that, that God cares for us, as he tells us, cast your cares upon me because I care for you. I think we, in a way, wound his heart because we are not able to trust him. You know, I've said this before. Um, I found two, only two times in scripture that Jesus was amazed. Two times. He said he was amazed. And you read that too. In other words, God was shocked. The first one was when he went to Nazareth, right? And they wouldn't believe. They said, this is Jesus. I mean, that's son of Mary. We know this boy. He was a carpenter here. Where did he get this stuff from? Who gave him this wisdom? How is he able to do all of this? And they didn't believe. And he says, Jesus was amazed at their unbelief. And left town, not able to heal the people the way he wanted to. And I believe he went out very sad. Because he really wanted to show them the goodness of God. That's where he grew up. I know what it is to want to go back to where I grew up. I want to do my best there. But they wouldn't receive. And I'm sure he went out amazed and shocked. And, and the, the Holy Spirit recorded that for us. Because I'm sure the disciples saw that he was seriously disappointed. As the way they received. Then there was another time that he was amazed. But this time it was on the opposite side. It was a centurion that went to Jesus and said, well, they say, he said, come and help my servant. He's dying. And the guy said to Jesus, uh, you don't have to come. Remember that? You don't have to come. 
I'm a man under authority. I understand how this thing works, okay? Your word, just speak it. That's okay for me. I know what's behind that. Just tell me what you want. Just say it. Tell me. Just grant what I say by saying it. If you say it, he's going to be done. You see, when I tell my servant, do this, he does it. All I want from you is just speak the word. This man has so much understanding. We're still struggling to have this understanding today. He wasn't going to check anything out. He knew who he was dealing with. This was God Almighty. I've heard all these things about him. A foreigner. And Jesus, the Bible says, Jesus was amazed at this man's faith. We need to, just you and I, we need to trust God, especially for our impossible situations. The situations that we consider impossible in our lives. Things that make us fret because God is in control. Of all of these things. I don't have to worry about it. God can take care of me. How many will believe God tonight? Trust God with all of your heart. Secret place. Of the most high. Secret place. I want to share something with you. It's so important. You see, you compare spiritual things with spiritual, right? Scripture with scripture. So you gain understanding. No isolated scripture because scripture will always tie itself together and they agree. There is a secret place. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High, did God say he has a secret place? David said God has. But God says that too. In Psalm 31 verse 20, you shall hide them. Everybody said, that's me. That's me. That's me. You shall hide them in the secret place of your presence. Hallelujah. That's me. He hides me in his secret place. The secret place of his presence. That's where I am hiding. No matter what's going on around me, no matter what they are planning, no matter what they are saying, all of that will not work because God has hidden me in a secret place. His presence. That's God's secret place. You shall hide them in the secret place of your presence from the parts of man. Maybe they don't like you. They're planning against you. Things usually we have more troubles. Today in America, we are not afraid of wild animals, right? When you sleep at night, I live, you know, where we live there, where you have animals. I'm not concerned about that. But when you go in, guess, guess what you're afraid of? Other men, people. People is what people are afraid of today. And then we are also afraid of accidents and stuff, things that could happen to us. You see, God has all of it taken care of, including long life. Amen? Including long life. Everything He has, I have security in Him. I can trust in Him because I will not be disappointed. I have no fear of Him disappointing me. Man will disappoint you. 
And God says, you know, cursed is everyone who puts his trust in man. I realize that. They like you tomorrow, they curse you out tomorrow. <laughs> they, they love you today, tomorrow they curse you out, and you are the worst human being they've ever seen. You have to learn to accept that, okay? If you're a pastor, you have to accept it. This is just going to happen, okay? <laughs> so you laugh over it. Because that's just life. Amen? But God keeps you, in the, hides you in a secret place. He says you shall keep them secretly. Hello? He will keep them secretly in a pavilion. That's not, a, that's not an ordinary place. <laughs> when God has a pavilion, it's a good place. Amen? He prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. He will keep them secretly in a pavilion from the strife of what? Tongues. I don't know about you, but please, if you don't get much out of this, get this. People talk. Hello? And sometimes it's about you. You have to be careful. Notice if, if tongues of people don't affect your life, why is God hiding you? Can you get it? Why is God keeping you? Know, let's read that scripture again. Okay? You shall keep them secretly in the pavilion from the strife of tongues. So, tongues... What people say, they affect your life. And what you say affects your life as well. So let's be careful what we say. And may God keep us in the secret pavilion, okay? From our tongues. Even our own tongue. Because life and death are in the power of the tongue. It didn't say your tongue, right? He just says tongue. Life and death are in the power of the tongue, right? Not just your tongue. Life and death. And those that love it will eat the fruit thereof. It's very important that we spend time canceling everything that's been spoken against our lives. People's opinions. Okay? It's important. You know I know. Um, Isaiah 54 verse 17. How many know that scripture? No weapon formed against you shall prosper. And every tongue that rises up against you in judgment, you shall what? Thou shalt condemn. You shall condemn. You shall condemn. He says, this is the heritage. In other words, this is what God has just told you now is your inheritance. Condemn those voices. They're important. Because you are in a secret place. Condemn those voices. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. And you have a right to because your righteousness came from Him. And so because you are righteous, when you speak against those voices, they're gone. They're gone. Poof. No matter what they are saying, 
And then said, if this is not important, why would God say for you to condemn it? Because the words matter. What they are saying matters. You can't control what they are saying, but you can cancel them. Amen? With your mouth, cancel them. When I have a bad dream and I wake up, usually I don't remember them, my dreams, because my dreams are really crazy. It's usually because of what I ate the night before I went to bed, and they're all over the place. But, but there, are, there are dreams that, have you ever had a dream and you wake up and it's like you were a little frightened? Yeah, you know what I do? I just tell that dream, uh, no matter where you're coming from, uh, you will never see the daylight on this side of heaven. Not one day of manifestation for this dream. I cancel that dream for my life and my children. Never. But when you speak the word, God says, decree a thing and what? It shall be established. That's Satan's desire against my life and I won't even think about it. Many times I've actually canceled the dream and then later I'm trying to remember what the dream was all about and I've forgotten. I can't remember it. But yet I woke up with this dread. Do you know what I mean? Maybe you guys are so sanctified you don't feel that way, but that happens to me. And I'm aware that people talk. So I'm constantly, whenever my God directs me, I go back there and I cancel everything that they are saying against my life. Uh, if, it's, if it's a good thing, I welcome it. Keep talking about it. Keep saying it, okay? Whether I hear it or not, let them keep. Get the chorus of it. It's wonderful for me. But all the bad ones, all of them I cancel. And it's just like a game. But God confounds the wise with things that seem foolish. And this is spiritual. So we need to understand that. We have security in God. We have security in God. There's a scripture. Oh gosh, time. Um, Satan sets traps for us. There are traps. And we have to recognize that. Um, In Psalm 91, it says, Surely he shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler, you know, the fowler is, is going to set traps when the birds are not around, right? And, and just to trap them. So it's a snare. And many times Christians are actually we're walking towards it without knowing that there's a trap there for us. In form of whatever, your temptation, whatever it is. But God has told us, surely he will deliver us from all of those things. God is able to deliver us. He sees them when we cannot see them. And he is able to deliver us from them. There are traps that may be fatal to your dream. That Satan will say. There are traps that could be fatal to your own natural life. But God sees all of them. And that's why I love this scripture. Romans, Teresa, please give me that scripture. Romans chapter 8, beginning from verse 26. And this is a key thing. Because these days, I'm beginning to find people apologize, uh, ministers, because they're afraid to go, what they call Pentecost, speaking in tongues. Nobody wants to talk about that. 
I, as far as I'm concerned, I'll talk about it. I have to, I have to give account to the master, not man. He says, likewise, the spirit also helps. Notice who the spirit is, our helper, right? Yeah. Likewise, the spirit also helps our infirmities or weaknesses, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought. He didn't say we do not know how to pray. He says we have a weakness where we don't know what to pray for as we ought to. So, knowing what to pray for is very important. I hear these unspoken requests. Have you heard about, I have an unspoken request? How can you have an unspoken request? A request is supposed to be spoken. Right? Somebody needs to give it to God. When I don't know what it is, how can I pray? Jesus saw this man walk up to him crying, Lord, have mercy on me. Jesus said, what do you want me to do for you? You got to speak to God what you specifically want. That's scripture. So we do not know what to pray for as we ought to, to know. Because we have that witness. We are humans. I don't know if Satan is setting a trap for me with a drunk kid, you know, driving his car while I'm trying to get back home after church. You have no idea. But you think God knows? Yeah, he knows that's going to happen. So we do not know what to pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself, he prays. He makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. That means in our own natural language. He groans for us. Even when things are happening, he prays for us. And the next verse, verse 27, says, Now he who searches the heart knows what the mind of the Spirit is. You don't know what the Spirit is speaking through you in tongues, but God knows what you're saying. Because the Spirit, He's making intercession for us according to the will of God. And God's will is always good for us. So we pray in the Spirit and trust in God. We pray in the Spirit and trust in God. I'm going to close with this scripture because of time. The security we have in God. You know the scripture, Psalm 103. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and 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 not, don't forget it. Sometimes when things are difficult, we forget. We take our eyes from the promise of God. And so God is begging us, don't forget. You have a benefit. The benefit, he says, he forgives all your sins. He'll forgive you. All of them. But in the same breath, he heals all your diseases. You know, this afternoon, uh, I pulled uh, Miss Irina in the office and I was showing her a video. I don't know if you know this video, uh, this story. But Benny Hinn, you know, Benny Hinn, um, he had a heart condition for 20 years. For 20 years. And uh, it was a very touching video. For me, it was touching. It always make you cry. But all these years, with all these great healing ministries, 
He had that condition. He had it. And he said, I know other ministers that have the same condition. Yes, he's talked to the Lord. He said, my wife had prayed for this for many years. In pleading with God, please get this from me. And it was there. And then in one of his crusades, a woman was healed from that same sickness. Exactly the same. And, you know, Benny didn't know what was going to happen. Then he was talking to her. And he said, woman, you know, you're really blessed. He says, I know, I know of many pastors, uh, ministers, friends of mine, that have the condition that you have. He was talking about himself. <laughs> and, and he took to do, you know how he does. Touch her, she fall, and then he then continue praying for her. And then, I think there was a, God had revealed something, a vision for him, uh, a song. Uh, and he thought, whenever I hear that song, that's when God's going to heal me. And he said, I tried singing the song, it didn't work. <laughs> but this day, the woman was healed, and he never said anything, and all of a sudden, you see in the video, he turned around, and they were playing that song. And he says, that's the song. Nobody knew what was going to happen. That's the song. And he took the woman's hand, he was worshipping and then he took the woman's hand and placed the woman's, the one that was healed, placed her hand on his chest as he was worshipping. And both of them down. He couldn't, he could hardly stand. And his wife, the mother came up. They were all crying. They knew what had happened. That's God's mercy. That's God's mercy. He doesn't forget. He doesn't forget. We can always go back to him. There's always his time for us. Don't forget his benefits. He heals all our diseases. He redeems our life from destruction. Right? He does all of that for us. He crowns us with loving kindness and tender mercies. He satisfies our mouth with good things so that our youth is renewed. And if you read Psalm 91, he says he satisfies us with long life. I've always lashed on to that. Oh, I want long life. The body may look old, but I want to stay alive. Amen. <laughs> I want to stay alive. And I tell myself, until I'm satisfied with life, and I feel like I've really lived, and now I, uh, uh, it's got to the place where somebody has to hold my hand to go to the bathroom, and I say, no, it's, I've had enough life. Let me go home now. Because he has satisfied me. Amen? And he will satisfy you with long life. He, he is our security. Don't forget any of this. Stand up with me tonight. I've taken a lot of time. Um, I pray that God touch your heart today with the words that you've heard.
and know that God will take care of you. I will challenge you, if you have financial issues, tell God. Amen? I, I, I can say this openly. I was talking to God about something financial, finances. He is the father of my home, right? I was telling God about finances, no. And um, not just my home. God's whispered to me, same thing. I pay my bills. Amen? Every bill I have for my home, the church, guess who has it? It's God's bill. He is the Father. He takes care of them. Amen? And so, I don't have to fear anymore in that area. Forever, my bills are paid. Amen? Whether He pays it through you or somebody else, I don't care. He's going to be paid. I look to him. I look to God. Not to any man, but to God. Would you lift your hands up tonight to the Lord God? And thank him because he is in your life. And say to yourself, I have nothing to worry about. I have nothing to worry about. The only thing that bothers me is, God help me not to sin against you. That's all. That's all. As long as I'm free from that area, it's well with my soul. It is well with my soul. I want to live for God. I want to trust God. I know God will take care of me. God will take care of my children. God will take care of everything that belongs to me. Because everything that belongs to Him, to me, came from Him. Father, we thank you today. I bless your children. Be with them, Lord God. I give you praise and I give you glory. Blessed be your name, O God. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your great mercy. Open our eyes even more to understand the security that we have in Christ. That we have no reason to be afraid because our God is with us. As you said, the Father has not left me alone. The Father who sent me is always with me. And I know that, Lord God, that you are always with us according to your promise. So we are safe. Thank you, Father. Deposit that into our spirit forever. May we never forget that, that you are always with us. And you will never leave us. You will never forsake us. You are even closer when we have trouble. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you.